The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. And welcome to episode 71 of The Boys of Tech for Tuesday the 22nd of June 2010. Your hosts are Edwin Herman, that's me, and Brett King. Welcome along, Brett. Howdy. I understand you went to a civil union on Saturday. I did indeed. Way out in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. So was that the first civil union you've been to? No, it was actually the second. Ah. Been Been to one before. I've never been to any at all. In fact, I don't know anyone who's been... Civil union, or whatever the word is, <laughs> equivalent word of married, civilized, unionized, Union, away. civilized, unionized, <laughs> whatever the word, the verb is. I don't know anyone who's uh, taken advantage of of that, but um, yeah. I'm sure I know lots have. Yeah, indeed, they have. So, should we look at our first story uh, this week? A French ISP has provided to its customers an anti-P2P tool. And it turns out it has a great big giant gaping security hole in it. Yes, it was not a very secure tool. It wasn't a very good tool at all, actually. It was um, it's based on Java and it uh, was supposed to be a standalone sort of tool, but it wasn't. It, uh, in fact, it communicated to a remote server uh, and sent data there unencrypted. And the server had a publicly accessible web page which showed all of the IP addresses of all of the servlets attached to it. So, <laughs> and it had a command console which had the standard admin admin pairing for password. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. It, it was quite insecure. Quite insecure. So, who, who was you? That's terrible. Who, who was using the software? Is it the, the customers of the. Yep, the customers were being supplied the software from uh, a French ISP, and and so they would uh, they would run that to do what? Basically, it interfered with peer peer to peer applications running in the the local network, and my guess, well, the reason for it is because of the much. You know, we've talked about it ages ago when they were first talking about it, and then when they finally implemented it, their Hadopi law. Oh yeah, the ho- uh, yeah, I remember that, and how it. What finally got invoked was actually incredibly draconic and completely ridiculous. But this is part of it because under the Hadopi law in France, you as the owner of your wireless network or even your local network, your your wired network, are responsible for all traffic and everything that is done through it. Oh, I see. So, so you have to – It's uh, the onus is on you to protect – the onus is on your you network. to secure your network. Otherwise, anything that bad that happens through it, you'll get done for it. Right. It's assumed that it's you. Yeah. yeah. Even if it isn't. So that's why Even you have to... Right. I see. So it's... The, so the, quite ridiculous, really. Well, well, yeah. I mean, now that it's got this great big gaping security hole in it, this is, you know, this is one of the dangers of having ISPs or other companies in a position of authority providing tools because people tend to, and I, I know you and I might question it, mm. But the general masses of people out there 
will just assume that because it's provided by the internet company or the mobile phone company or by Apple or by Microsoft or someone big... Then it's been rigorously it's tested yeah. and it's going to work properly and exactly. it's going to be secure. And, and that's a danger yeah. now because people it get a false a sense danger. of security. Yeah, yeah. And this is a... Um, the French ISP was already providing other software to its um, users. Uh, all of it is pay-for software. You have to pay for all of these oh, tools. They have to, customers have to pay for this. It's not yep. just a free So it's, it's, well, it's that's even worse. looking to be kind of like a cash cow for ISPs in France because they can charge for providing different software and different services and things, or you know, services and finger quotes, <laughs> to protect their clients from getting done by the new Hadopi laws. <laughs> so so have, they can have start they... charging yearly subscriptions for yeah. That could, pieces that could, of junk software, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be a lucrative market for them. Well, the thing is, they can't, you know, have something too bad because then people just wouldn't buy it. They wouldn't take it. So, the, the, but you know, once again, as you said, the vast majority of the general public, if they're offered for, you know, we're not talking huge amounts of money here, like this, this anti-P2P software, which was provided, was only two euro. Oh, okay, um, right. So it's a token. Yeah, it's a token amount, amount yeah. but it's still, yeah. And so it would be, you know, like barely par register in the your, your general customer's mind that, okay, yeah, f- fine, I'll get that as well because it protects me from the Hadopi law. So have, uh, they, have they worked out how this, why the software has this problem? Is Well, from what I've read, it was just poorly implemented to begin with and shouldn't really shouldn't have been sent out when it was they were not prepared so it's just a poorly organized uh, yeah. implementation yeah mm. all right now microsoft have announced a new internet fraud alert uh, service that's supposed to really help rescue stolen account credentials uh, from a number of uh, different places so how does mm-hmm. this work brett well this is Basically, this is Microsoft providing the platform and the software uh, for this new internet fraud alert system. And they've joined forces with the National Cyber Forensics and Training Alliance with support from a whole heap of different banking institutions and credit cards and even PayPal, who have, you know, all the different banks and things which get hit by these credit card frauds in stolen account information, transactions, all that sort of stuff. They're the groups, the banks, the credit institutions who have to deal with it generally have to foot the bill because your users generally don't have to if you can prove that it wasn't really you and you had done as best as you can to protect your credentials. So this alliance allows, it basically brings them all together and provides a place and a platform for security researchers and other people in that area who discover these different phishing attempts, different groups of username, password transactions going on to have a forum to notify the internet fraud alert system. And it will then alert all of the people, you know, all of the the banks and things who have bought into it and signed up to it. So it's um, kind of like a centralized Yeah, it's database a centralized clearinghouse of, of that, clearing, yeah, of that information. Mm, right. Brilliant. Great so, yeah. initiative. Brilliant initiative. And hopefully it'll, you know, we'll, we'll start to see it working. We won't see so many news reports of little old ladies who have been ripped off out of all of their money. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Those, those <laughs> stories are so sad, we'll really. we see less stories of the silly people who go and steal vast amounts of money from their work because they think they're going to get millions of dollars back through some kind of scheme. Oh, man. <laughs> 
it's it's actually quite sad to be honest. It is. It is. It's um, as I've said for a whole heap of different things on on many different times through many different kinds of stories. The weaker the weakest link in any security chain, anywhere internet anywhere else is the person. Absolutely. It is that it is that social networking which is what um, gets people. Social engineering. Yes, that's what that's why these phishing scams work. Because it's, it's nothing. There's nothing you know massively sophisticated about it. If you received an email that looked kind of official and then responded to it with all of the details that it asked for or went to the website that it pointed you to, then you've fallen in for the phishing. But a lot of people do. <laughs> Do you know, if you think about it, these scams really have been going on for centuries. It's just the medium that's changed. We're still, Precisely. We're still screwing with people's minds. That's what it comes down we're to. We're still screwing con with people's minds. We're yeah. still conning. It is. It's all cons. Mm, mm, it's all con. It's confidence tricksters. That's what it is. Yeah. And the medium of the internet has just allowed this, you know, this global audience for people who were previously conning only people in their own local areas. They now have a global audience. and it's virtually anonymous. And by virtually anonymous, I mean it's not really anonymous. You can be tracked for all of these things, all those different stuff that store your credentials. But for the layman, it appears as a blank, you know, anonymous slate. And so, and a lot of people who are using the internet are not as clued up on the way things work on the web and through the medium as uh, a lot of other people are. And they fall for these different scams. It's, yeah, human nature. Well, as There'll long as always be people who fall for it. Yeah. There's no way to predict no, everyone. Well, no, that's true. And you can only, I guess they work to the 80-20 rule, you know? Mm. So as long as there's good enough buy-in, this, this certainly could help reduce instances of such things, you know, as stolen identity, stolen account credentials. Yeah, and, 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 and so on. You know, it passing along notices about phishing attempts and, you know, emails that are going around, anything which brings them to the appropriate authorities' attention faster means that, you know, alerts can be sent out quicker to let people know that, no, <laughs> an email has just been started to go around within the, you know, the, the previous day that's asking for these information. Do not do it. It is fake. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you can, if as an organization, if you have access to this information and you publish this, then everyone's, if you like, on alert for that and mm. they know. So you're going to hopefully uh, reduce, I wouldn't say prevent, but you're going to reduce the number of people that will actually respond to that. So that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Now, did this actually come from Microsoft or have they been sort of contracted in, if you like? Uh, well, I think it's, they're working in conjunction with it, probably because they are seen as one of the big stakeholders in computers and internet technology. Well, they control ninety so. percent of the desktop, don't they? So exactly, it's probably and a good good choice. As a, a yeah, they're the people doing providing the 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 hardware and the the service and the software layer to implement this new system. Great. I hope it works. <laughs> mm. All right, on to Google. Now, as we know, Google run YouTube. They currently have a deal going with Rumblefish to allow people to use licensed music on the, in their videos on YouTube. Well, apparently on June 29, they're going to announce something new. What is yes. it? Do we know? No, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for June 29, and you might see an announcement if all goes to plan. Uh, from YouTube and Rumblefish. We don't know what it is. It's a mystery. It's 
It's, it's like a lucky dip. Think of it that <laughs> way. Now, staying with Google, did you see that they re- released this command line tool that can like publish videos to YouTube or post comments or photos on Picasso web and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why? Why? why would you do that? Well, it, it goes along with the fact that Google is very developer friendly. Google likes to work well with its developers and your regular end user is not going to use a Google command line tool. They're going to do what they do the visual way because that's the way most people learn to interact with those things and it gives better tactile sorts of response. And nobody's going to want to, you know, post a YouTube clip by typing in a big long string of instructions, (laughs) remembering all of the different command line options they need to include to make sure that their thing gets up properly. But where command line stuff really shines is for all of those times when you're writing something to automate something. Let's say you want to automate. Wouldn't you use the, surely you'd just use the API rather than the command line. Well, yeah, but the command line tool is a command line tool which interacts directly with the Google API. I understand that, but you could go directly, couldn't you? I mean, the, the command line well, tool yeah, but is still you would interface. then have to write something else for yourself. Oh, so it's still easier. It's still easier. It's than, still easier yeah, to true. just write okay, a script to issue a whole heap of commands via a command line than it is to write an entire other application to interface with an API so to the, do uh, thing. So, it can, so let's uh, for, say you wanted to constantly, you know, Every couple of hours, you wanted to update something on your blogger, on your blogger page. You could create a script to interface with the Google command line, Google CL, to do that updating. So here's an example of what a command might look like. So if you, this one actually posts a video on YouTube. So Google space YouTube space post hyphen category education hyphen dev tags Google CL space video underscore name dot avi (laughs) (laughs) or you could just go to youtube and log in and click and go upload but hey this is cool this is i like this is very google very google yeah it's it's for those it is it's a developer friendly thing it means that instead of having to write something which directly interfaces with the api you can just use the command line which they've created for you uh and write a script which runs it and i understand it's available on on all three major platforms right windows mac and linux it is indeed. And it's um it interfaces with well, it currently interfaces with YouTube, Blogger, Picasa, and Google Apps, Docs, Calendar and Contacts. So you can edit documents with a command line. You can you indeed can append text and so on and Yep. And yep. replace it. It doesn't replace. work with the search engine though. You can't Google search. You from can't do a Google search. That's interesting. No, no. However, somebody else has written a a command line interface. Um Oh, I see. An unauthorized version. Yeah, yeah. That interfaces with the Google search, so you can do search results. I would have thought Google wouldn't like that and they'd block it. (laughs) That's if they can tell where it's coming from, actually, though. Well, if they've got an open API, which allows you to interface with these different things, then they can't, can they? Well, the question is, do they have an open API for the search? Possibly. Well, it wouldn't be really hard to do, would it? No, I know. That's probably one of the easier ones. That's one of the easier ones. Oh, indeed. <laughs> yeah. You could write a script, <laughs> any sort of script, which would do a search via Google. It's I mean, not that hard to write an API that interfaces to web search, is it? No, no, it's true. <laughs> which is why it's surprising that they didn't include it in the Google's EL. Yeah, I know. Must be a reason. Anyway, very nice and very quirky. 
Yeah. And Brett, I think we're going to wrap up the show here. That's pretty much uh, the main stories for the week just been. I'm uh, going to keep these next few episodes uh, pretty short because I've got a barely one-week-old baby girl at the moment to look after, so the next few shows might be a little short. <laughs> and we'll have to forgive you if you, you slow down or sound tired. Yeah, or just go like, what am I doing here? Who am I? Where am I? <laughs> Who are you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. Anyway, Brett, once again, thank you very much for hosting a great show with me. Always a pleasure, Edwin. And uh, we'll see everyone again sometime next week. May not be the regular Monday, but we'll be sometime next week. We'll keep the shows weekly and uh, see you then. Okay. Great. Bye-bye, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.